Okay, so we're in the third week of a series called Created to Be. We're talking about being, not doing, but what God created us to be. And uh, we've talked about believe in Jesus. We talked last week about belong to family. This week is become a follower. And so uh, if you want to, you can turn to Mark chapter nine. And, uh, we'll, and if you want two scriptures, because I'm kind of, I always would say turn to two scriptures, uh, we'll go in John 13 later in the message. So Mark chapter nine would be a good one to get to on your device or whatever in your Bible, all right? Um, uh, you know, uh, Debbie and I now have eight grandchildren. Uh, yeah, and uh, they're great. Grandchildren are much better than children, so they're much better. <laughs> uh, but you know, you hear funny things a lot, and so uh, Addie, my three-year-old granddaughter by Ethan and Elaine, uh, she picked her up from class at church, and she was asking her, what'd you do in class? And, and, and they're driving home, so Addie's in the car seat in the back, and so she said, well, we did this, we did this, and she said, and we, and we prayed for Pastor Robert. And uh, Elaine said, you know that Papaw is Pastor Robert. And Addie didn't say anything. She said, Addie, you know, Papaw is Pastor Robert. Addie didn't say anything. So she told me that story. So the next time I saw Addie, I was talking to her and I said, hey, Addie, did you know that Papaw is Pastor Robert? And she went like this. No, you're not. (laughs) And I got that feeling like, you know, pat me on the head like silly old man, you know. (laughs) I said, no, no, sugar, I'm the pastor of Gateway. And she went, no, you're not. (laughs) And so I said, well, who is the pastor of Gateway then? And she said, Geeky is. That's Debbie, you know, she calls her Geeky. So at least I'm married to the pastor, so that's great. And she lets me preach on the weekends. All right, so, so it has nothing to do with the message, by the way. It's just a funny grandchild story. All right. So we're going to talk about become a follower, but remember we started with believe. Before we get to Mark 9, I just want to show you a scripture that has believe and become in the scripture. Because we talk about that we believe to receive eternal life, and we continue to believe to receive abundant life. I told you that in the first week. So let me show you just a couple of scriptures here. Uh, John 1.12 says, But as many as received him... To them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. So when you believe, you become a child of God. But I want you to notice that we want to continue to become. We want to become a follower. Here's a scripture that talks about when we follow. Mark 1, 17, then Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. You might not have even ever noticed the word become was in that verse. (laughs) I will make you become something. What I'm gonna make you become is a person who's concerned about other people. That's another word to say fishers of men. So we're gonna become more like that. Now last weekend I only had two points and this weekend it's three again. But the the two points this weekend are gonna be similar to last weekend. Here's what I mean by that. 
Last weekend, point one was about our old nature, our fallen nature, or the nature we're born with. And then the second point was about the nature we're born again with. So that, we're going to follow that theme, but just in a different way, all right? Last week, we talked about we're born rejected, we're born again accepted. Okay, so here's point one. We are born self-centered. We're born self-centered. This is our old nature. This is our fallen nature. Um, as I, we talked about grandchildren a moment ago, uh, Debbie and I love babies. We love babies, but we have to admit it. Even though they're cute, they are self-centered. Uh, we're keeping two of the grandchildren right now, and at 3.30 in the morning, last night, one of the granddaughters wanted Debbie to get up and stay up. <laughs> so I got up around seven, and Debbie had been up since then. So that, that's a self-centered person that wants you to get up at 3.30 in the morning. And this is not just a little baby, by the way, this is almost two years old baby. So that's just the way, so we're born self-centered. Okay, so let me give you a little test, all right? So I want you to answer to true or false has two questions. And I want everyone to answer at every campus. I want you to answer out loud, all right? So here's the first statement. You, you say if this is true or false, all right? Human beings are basically self-centered. True, all right? Here's the second statement. You are a human being. I should have said you and I are human beings. So we're all basically self-centered, right? All right, so Mark chapter nine. This turns into one of the most humorous conversations in the Bible, all right? Mark nine, verse 33. Then he came to Capernaum, and when he was in the house, he asked them, what was it? He's talking to the 12 disciples. What was it you disputed, not talked about, you disputed among yourselves on the road, but they kept silent, for on the road they had disputed among themselves who would be the greatest. This is the first pastor's conference recorded in the Bible right here. And he sat down, called the 12, and said to them, if anyone desires to be first, he shall be last of all and servant of all. So he knew what they were talking about. So think about this. I don't know if you ever thought about it. There's so many things that happen to me that are funny, but we just read the Bible and we don't think about it. Real life, okay, so they are disputing who's gonna be the greatest. And they get to where they're going, and Jesus says, guys, gather up. I wanna ask you something. What were y'all talking about on the road over here when we were on our way? What were y'all talking about? Now, what do you think they did? Uh... You know, I can't even remember, Lord. Uh, uh, oh, John said we were having nice weather. I remember that. John, didn't you say something about the weather? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Mark said it's uh, been hot lately. Yeah, we were just talking about the weather. And Jesus said, okay, well, let me tell you something about the weather. Whoever among you desires to be great needs to be a servant. So he, he just nails them right there. So that, that's, that's us, that's the way we grow. Think about when God created us, I, I just wonder sometimes, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit had this conversation. You know, they're gonna be, you know, they're gonna be self-centered. I mean, you know that. 
So, because sin's going to enter the world, and so they're going to be self-centered. So what do we do to help get self-centeredness out of them? And I think one of them went, oh, let's have them live with another human being. <laughs> and they thought, this is a good idea, good idea. And then another one said, oh, and if that doesn't work, let's give them children. <laughs> so they can get up at 3.30 in the morning. Think about this. It's call, it would be called, uh, in, in my word for this, is meism. We're eating up with it. Meism. In marriage counseling, you hear meism a lot. He doesn't listen to me. I need to get someone who will listen to me. Now, she doesn't think she's saying meism but I'm hearing meism, And then he'll say the same thing. She doesn't meet my needs. Uh, I need to meet someone who'll give me what I want and meet my needs. It's meism. Um, meism is, is all through. Uh, I need my space. Um, I need to do what's best for me. And then if you, if you think, this, this is amazing. Listen to this one. You know, you gotta look out for number one. Well, that right there tells you Jesus isn't number one because you're not talking about looking out for Jesus. Right? Uh, it, it, it is, um, um, here, here's one. That I, I, I just, this one, this went through culture. It's not as much now, but went through the culture for quite a while. Listen, just think about how funny this is. I need to find myself. I can help you. You're right there. By the way, you talk about the human condition. It's actually a, a, a pretty incredible statement. It's just the answer's wrong. You, you don't need to. But I need to find myself. People were saying that because they didn't know it, but everyone's born lost. See, the world many times comes up with the, 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 uh, the, the problem, but they never come up with the answer. Because you don't need to find yourself, you need to find Jesus, because he knows where you are. Um, it's in the church, meism. I don't like the music. It's not my style. Well, who said the music needs to be your style? And who said your style is the best style? I was having dinner with a family about 10 years ago in the church, and um, we were talking about the church, and, and they were talking about we like everything about the church. We like everything about the church. And the father said, I said, well, how, how are you fitting in the church? He said, I, I, I like it. And I noticed something. And I said, but you don't like everything. And the kids, he had two teenagers, boy and a girl, and they went. <laughs> and they had agreed not to talk about this with me. So I said, the kid, I said, oh, let's talk about this for a minute. And the kids, I said, you 
kids tell me. They said, well, there's one thing about the church that dad doesn't like. And so I said, I can tell you what it is. Just like that. And I, it just popped in my head. I said, I can tell you what it is. So he said, really? So he said, okay, what's the one thing about the church that I don't like? I said, the first song. And, and you know, he on a teenager, so, oh, he got you, dad, he got you. <laughs> he said, how do you know that? I said, because I don't like it. <laughs> he said, you don't like it? I said, no. I said, we're about the same age. So I said, but I'm gonna tell you something and it will forever change your view. I said, I wanna help you on the first song, okay? And I turned to the two teenagers and I said, do y'all like the first song? And they said, we love the first song. And I turned to the father and said, that's why we do the first song. Because there are a whole bunch of churches that have never changed their style of music and their median age is over 60. Nothing wrong with folks over 60, because I'm approaching it, <clears throat> nothing wrong with it. <laughs> now, I'm not approaching it soon, but approaching it, okay? <laughs> nothing wrong, but if I keep the music like it was 30 years ago, we're gonna lose the next generation. So there's a reason, I told this guy, there's a reason why we do everything we do in a service everything. Did you know about three months later, he caught me in the hallway. He said, you know, I like that first song. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the way we are. I don't like this. I don't like this. By the way, the key to advertising is meism. If you're in marketing, you know this. Have it your way. You deserve a break today. And you think, I do, don't I? <laughs> I deserve the saltiest french fries on earth. <laughs> I do. It's meism. Okay, let me, I'm gonna take meism a little farther. We were in Mark 9, look at Mark 10. And we ended with verse 35. Maybe you can remember this, I don't know if you're good with numbers, but Mark 10, verse 35. Now watch this, because it's funnier than you think. Think about what these two disciples said to Jesus, all right? Watch it carefully. Mark 10, 35. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him saying, watch what they said, teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. <laughs> Who wouldn't? <laughs> Sovereign Lord of the universe, ruler of all. I want you to be my servant. I want you to do whatever I ask. By the way, this is a brand of Christianity that's preached today. That whatever you ask, he'll do. You gotta take that one, there is a verse that says that, but you gotta take it in context of the Bible and it says when we pray according to his will. And another verse says, you have not because you ask not, and when you do ask, you ask for yourself. You ask selfishly. We want you to do for us whatever we ask. What an incredible statement. It is amazing that Jesus didn't just, <laughs> just flick people. <laughs> just kill them right there. <laughs> Idiots. All right, so look, look, 
He's so, he's so sweet. Look at verse 36. And he said to them, what do you want me to do for you? They said to him, grant us that we may sit one on your right hand and the other on your left in your glory. Lord, we understand that you're number one. We understand that because, you know, you're walking on the water and raising the dead and things we can't do. So, okay, so we, we got it. You're number one. But we want to be number two. We want to be next to you. We want to be right under you and over everybody else. Did you know that, of course, he goes into sacrifice, then he goes into, can, can you drink the cup I'm going to drink? you do that? And he kind of, quite okay, but do you know that then they sent their mother to ask the same question? They sent their mom, <laughs> the sons of thunder. Mommy, will you go talk to Jesus for us? Okay, here's the problem. Will you grant that one of us can sit on your right and one on your left? Let me just remind you of something Jesus said in Matthew 25. We said, when you come into your kingdom, will you, one can say right one. He said, when the Son of Man comes into his kingdom, that's what Jesus said, he's going to put sheep on his right and goats on his left. He's going to say to those on his right, come, enter into the everlasting kingdom prepared by my Father. He's going to say to those on his left, depart from me into everlasting fire. And then this woman comes and says, Lord, will you grant when you come into your kingdom that one of my sons can sit on your right? Are y'all following me? And one can sit on your left. Would you like to see what he told her? But look at this, Matthew 20, 22. Jesus answered and said, you do not know what you ask. You don't even understand. You just asked me for one of your sons to go to hell. That's what you just asked. I wonder how many times we're praying and it's meism that's affecting our prayers and Jesus is thinking, you do not know what you ask. You don't know. Lord, would you just let me rule? That's what we ask. Would you just let me rule one time, Lord, before I die? Would you just let me be in charge? Would you just let me rule over the jerks at my office? Just one time, Lord, please. Would you just let me be in charge? Would you let me be the boss? It's meism. Uh, Josh's oldest son, Grady, when they took him to kindergarten, kindergarten, he's like five years old. They're walking down the hall. They're behind uh, the teacher and him. And he says to the teacher, he just turns and says, I'm only going to be here for five weeks. <laughs> and then I'm going to be the boss of somebody. <laughs> My daughter, Elaine, when she was three years old, I used to travel a lot and speak. And so I'm traveling and speaking and Debbie told her, I'm out of town, so Debbie said, told her to do something. She was three years old. She said, I don't have to. And Debbie said, why, why don't you have to? She said, because you're not the boss. She said, dad's the boss, and when dad's out of town, 
I'm the boss. So I said to Debbie, well, what did you do? She said, I took her to another room and explained the way of the Lord more perfectly to her. <laughs> okay, so we're born self-centered. Here's number two. We are born again Christ-centered. You say, you mean just like that? Yeah, now I'm not saying, remember there's a process. But yeah, just like that. You're born rejected, you're born again accepted. That was last week. You're born self-centered. You're born again Christ-centered. You say, I don't know about that. Listen, you can't get saved if you don't take you off the throne and put Christ on the throne. That's how you get saved. Now, you don't, you're not perfect in your performance, and you never will be, but you gotta put Christ on the throne. So, m- remember we just read uh, Mark chapter 10, verse 35, where the sons of Zebedee in 36, 37, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. One on the right, one on the left, all right? So look down, Mark 10, stay in Mark 10, look at verse 41. And when the 10 heard it, they began to be greatly displeased. I love the way the Bible rephrases some things. Greatly displeased with James and John. You know why they were greatly displeased, weren't you? Because they didn't think of it first. (laughs) But Jesus called them to himself and said to them, you know that those who are considered rulers over the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant. And whoever of you desires to be first shall be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. It's all through, it's all through the Gospels. The disciples thought that he was coming to set up a new kingdom on earth. And he was coming to set up a new kingdom in their hearts and then on earth. He was coming to set up a kingdom. They thought he was gonna help them overthrow the Roman government And they were going to then be in power and they were going to have people fanning them and feeding them grapes, you know? And even when Jesus started saying to them, no, it's not the way it's gonna be. The son of man is gonna be delivered to the chief priests and scribes and gonna be tortured and crucified and rise again on the third day. You remember what they did? Not so, Lord. No, 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 that's not gonna happen. That's not the way we planned this thing. You're going to take over, and we're going to get to rule finally right under you. That's the old nature. I wrote this statement, and I decided to put it where you could see it, so look at this. A growing, maturing Christian will become less and less self-centered and more and more Christ-centered. You agree with that? A growing, maturing Christian will become less and less self-centered and more and more Christ-centered. See, it's a process of becoming a follower. Yes, you're following, but becoming a follower, continuing to follow him, becoming a follower of his. I want you to notice how Paul understood this. And we talk about being and doing. Watch this verse. You may have never put it in these terms. Romans 1.1, Paul a bondservant of Jesus Christ 
called to be an apostle. Here's what he does. He says, I, you know what you know what I am? I'm a bondservant. That's a slave that's chosen to remain a slave after the seven-year period. I'm a, I'm a bond servant. I'm a slave that's chosen to remain a slave to Jesus. I'm called to be an apostle. So, that, that, see, I'm, I'm an apostle. I have that position, but my function is serving. That, that's, that's the way it is. No matter what your calling is, no matter what your gifts are, that's, that's what you do. But what you are is a servant of Jesus. We have, we have so many servants around here. We have deacons, we have people in the worship team, we have pastors, we have children's ministers, we have parking lot attendants, we have all these wonderful people, but they all do the same thing, they all serve. They all serve. I serve. I serve you. That's what I'm supposed to do. Um, in the uh, other building where the King's University is now in 1709, um, I used to be our South Lake Sanctuary, and so I would go in this, the door by the porte and that's where I would park and go in to be able to get to the green room and get ready for the message. So other people would come in that door too, and so I'm opening the door one day. There's a family coming, so I hold the door open for them, and I, hey, how are you? And I just said, are, are, are y'all new here? And they said, yes, we are. I said, well, you want me to show you around stuff? You want me to show where children's classes are and all? They said, sure. So we start walking down the hall, and people start saying, hi, Pastor Robert. Good morning, Pastor Robert. And so the, the lady says to me, are you the pastor here? And I said, well, I'm one of them. And that's true, I am one of them. So we, I said, we have a lot of pastors, and I'm one of the pastors. She said, oh, okay. So then she said to me, we heard that the pastor is a great preacher. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> How many opportunities are you gonna get like this? I said, I think he's one of the best preachers I've ever heard, personally. <laughs> so we get to the classroom and the children's pastor's there and he starts telling me something that happened in you know, class with the kids and all that makes it kind of apparent that I'm the pastor. You know. So we drop their kids off and then she turns to me and she says, you're not one of the pastors. You're the pastor. And I said, well, yeah, I am the senior pastor, but I'm still one of the pastors. And what that means to me is that I'm the senior servant. And there are a whole lot of servants around here, and that's what you're gonna love about Gateway Church. You're gonna love that. So we're, we're born self-centered, we're born again Christ-centered. Here's point number three. We become like Jesus. We become like Jesus. Uh, John 3.30, John the Baptist here says, he, speaking of Jesus, must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. Now, let me explain that a little bit. Well, God can't become greater because he's already the greatest. What he meant is he must become greater and greater in me, and I must become less and less so that people see Jesus and not me. That's what he's saying. Uh, now, John 13 
He's washing the disciples' feet. He's just washed their feet. Watch what he says to him, verse 12. So when he had washed their feet, taken his garments, and sat down again, he said to them, do you know what I've done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, now I'm gonna change some words here in a minute just so you'll catch it. You also ought to wash my feet. That's not what he said. He said, you ought to wash one another's feet. See, he said, if I wash your feet, he could have said, you ought to wash my feet. If I serve you, you ought to serve me. He didn't. He said, if I serve you, you ought to serve one another. Here's the reason I'm saying this. We want to become like Jesus. We're, we're born self-centered. We're born again Christ-centered. Let me say it another way when I say become like Jesus. We need to become others-centered. That's becoming like Jesus. See, people say this. They say, well, I serve God, okay? That means you serve others. <laughs> See, I, I, I've heard this in marriage difficulties. Well, I have to do what God told me. God told you to love her. That's what God told you to do. See, where the rubber meets the road, whether you're a follower of Jesus, is not how much you say you serve him. Are y'all following me? Because this is really good preaching. It's whether you serve others. That's what Jesus said. said you, you saw it. Listen, and he washed their feet. We don't catch that in our culture society. No paved roads at that time. It'd be like if our parking lots at our campuses weren't paved. And when it didn't rain, it'd be real dusty and real dirty. And you probably walked across maybe a construction site like that before. You get dirt all over your shoes and dust all over. Or if it had rained, it would, it'd be real muddy. So you get mud all over your shoes. So in Israel, when they came into the room, they had a little foyer where you took your shoes off. And when you took your shoes off, you stood there and greeted the guest, I mean the host, but before you went into the house, a, a lowly servant, it was the lowest job in the house for servants, would come and wash your feet. And then you'd go in, and then while you were meeting with your host or eating dinner or something, then the servant would clean your shoes. That was the worst job the servant could have. It was the lowest job in Jewish culture. So they go to eat, and Jesus said, I want it to just, just be you 12 and, and Leonardo da Vinci, because he's going to do a painting. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so, so just you 12, all right, and me. That's it. So they get in there, and the foot washer's not even allowed to enter the room. No one else is in the room. But here's something I want you to notice. Not one of the disciples thought about washing Jesus' feet. So he gets up before the meal, before he does communion with them, what we would call communion, before that, and goes around and washes their feet. And he says to them, I washed your feet. You know what this means? Do you know what this means? Not that you should serve me. You should wash one another's feet. Isn't that phenomenal? See, that's why I could have said we become other-centered, and I agree with that, but we need to become like Jesus. We want to be like Jesus. That's what we're following Jesus. Uh, I heard a pastor share this one time. He shared that 
He said his son was, you know, a young, young boy. I don't know whether he's five, six, seven, eight years old. He didn't say the age. But they came home from church, and they were getting ready to eat, and the son came up to him and looked very serious. And he said, son, are you, are you okay? He said, I want to ask you something, Daddy. He said, okay. The little boy said, Daddy, are you Jesus? He said, why, why would you ask me that? Why are you asking me? He said, well, in class today, they told us that Jesus always loves us, that Jesus always takes care of us. So I just got to thinking about you. And I was just wondering, are you Jesus? So he took his son up in his lap and he said, son, I'm not Jesus. I want to be like Jesus, but I'm not Jesus. And then he said, I just said this to him. He said, I hope after you've grown up in my home that you ask me that question again. So years later, his son was getting married. He and his son were in a, a side room waiting for the processional to come in, and then after the mothers were seated, then the minister, he was doing the ceremony, and the groom come out, and then the bridesmaids come down to the bride, you know, and so they're in the back room, and the father's got the door, and he's peeking like this, and he, he realized, okay, it's time for a squad, so he said, okay, it's time for a squad, and his son reached up and put his hand on the door, and the dad turned around, and the son looked at him and said, Daddy... Are you Jesus? We want to become like Jesus. We want to become a follower of Jesus so the world can see Jesus. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And every week we ask the Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? And I don't want you to focus on performance, okay? Because if we do that, we're all going to feel guilty and ashamed, and we're going to think about things that we could do better. So don't focus on your mistakes. Jesus died for your mistakes, okay? When I say ask the Holy Spirit what he's saying to you, I want you to ask understanding that your mistakes have been covered by grace. So I, don't, I never do that to make you feel bad about your performances last week. Let the Holy Spirit truly speak to you what he wants to say to you through this message. And we want to pray for you. Every person that needs any type of prayer for your family, your health, your finances, your spiritual condition. Maybe, as I said a moment ago, the only way you get saved is to truly take self off the throne and put Christ on the throne. I'm sure there are people at every campus that when you think about it, you think, I, really, I don't know if I've ever really done that. Well, this is a time for you because there, there'll be a lot of people coming for prayer and you're not a bad person if you come for prayer and, and there's nothing wrong with you. And you don't have to be a member of Gateway Church to come for prayer. So if you need prayer for any area of your life, any area of your life, then as soon as we stand up in a moment at every campus, every overflow room, you just, when, you, when everyone stands up, you just stand up same time and just immediately, just start immediately. There's nothing wrong with asking for prayer. That's why we come to church. You just make your way to one of the aisles.
come to the front of the room where you are and there'll be someone there that wants to pray with you, all right? So if you need prayer during this one last worship song, you come for prayer. Holy Spirit, I pray you'll draw every person at every campus that needs prayer in Jesus' name, amen.